Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, everybody. It is the end of the year, and you know what that means. It is time to rank the games that we played in 2022. Now, the Game Awards did a pretty good job of it, and we talked about the Game Awards last week with the announcements that they had during that little ceremony there, and man, is it stacked. So we are very excited about that, but we wanted to give you our list of our top games for this year because uh, from looking at these lists, they differ greatly (laughs) than what was actually in the Video Game Awards for sure. But I think that's mainly because we play a lot of obscure games. (laughs) a lot of weird ones out there but we have compiled our little list here we're going to be going through the first half of our list in this episode and then we are going to uh, do a part two of this because we feel like this could get a little long but we definitely want to pay homage to all the amazing games that we have played this year so are you ready to kick off this list go through these amazing games and relive every moment that we play um i'm extremely ready for this all right well i guess i'll just jump in with my very first game that blew me away it's a game that i followed religiously for a very long time i remember like i mentioned in the episode that we talked about this one uh that i started following it in college when i was actually doing game design and yeah because i was looking for certain types of mechanics uh as far as traversal and this game developer, a very small game developer at the time, uh, actually accomplished what I was looking for. And that's when I first learned about Stray. Uh, of course, I love that game, right? It's cats. I mean, <laughs> so I'm very biased towards that. But man, from the moment you start that game, just the the movements of the cat themselves, the animations, the little just being able to meow whenever you want, And then the setting of the world was so interesting that given every opportunity to just lay down in a certain area in like a cat bed or wherever it was and let the camera slow pan out, I did it. (laughs) I loved every moment of it and I'm still taking my time with this game. So this is a game that I'm not trying to rush through. I'm just trying to take my time, enjoy it, and just soak all that kitty cat goodness in. Because it's it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I have not played a game that I can think of that has animal movement that good. Like, I will say that the, hmm. the movement of the characters themselves feel so good, fluid when you're jumping from, like, the anywhere, honestly. You're a cat, right? Just <laughs> being able to <laughs> jump around. Uh, use the different pipes and signs and all the things to get around. And I swear, every single scene, every moment in that game can be, you can take a picture of that moment and just hang it on a wall and it's just artwork. It's beautiful across the board. And having the robots, and I, I don't know, there's just so much to this title that I was blown away about. So, yeah, I love Stray. It's a little little soft spot in my heart for that little orange tab. <laughs> I really liked it. I uh, I thought it was kind of like just a neat little, I don't say tech demo, but you really kind of brought up a good point. Like I never 
felt like games did. I mean, I know how an animal walks, but it's yeah, like right. it, it felt like they did it right. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because you would think there'd be something like we'd see earlier. But with this game, it really felt like they captured it. And it was interesting. Like, I've played as a cat in games before, but this actually felt like you're a cat. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. Like, it it makes me want to see this in something maybe longer or maybe something totally different. But I really liked it. You know, it was sh- short and sweet. And I... I enjoyed it more than I thought I did or thought I would, mm-hmm. you know, and when I kept seeing everyone hype it up, I'm like, oh, people are only happy about this because it's a cat, you know, and I'm like, okay, I give it, I'll give it a shot. And, uh, I was happy with it. I liked it. It's, um, it, it didn't feel like a walking sim because you're a cat, but I liked the little, like, just the little, like dumb stuff you had to do. Like it, it, it it was cool. I like you said the meow button was cool, and just the little like puzzles you had to do were really cute too. Yeah, they they really took a page out of Nintendo's book by focusing on one core mechanic and perfecting it. So it's the same thing they do with Mario. Mario jumps. The jumps need to feel good. Now with your cat, and the one thing that cats are known to do is to jump anywhere, everywhere, traverse the tra- like, make the world their own. And they really focused in and honed in on that fact and just did it right. And I think a lot of game developers really need to just go back to the basics. What is the core main mechanic behind your game and perfect the hell out of that? Because that is the one thing or 90% of the game you're doing that, right? So it needs to feel good. It needs to be your main focus 100% of the time. And you can tell that they did that in this title. So it's, yeah, it's fantastic. A game that I don't want to say surprised me, but uh, I ended up really enjoying this game. Uh, I ever since I saw the announcement trailer for it, I was instantly—I don't say craving it, but I, I, I needed it. Right, mm-hmm. and seeing that Josh Sawyer worked on it, I was—I knew I was going to like it anyway because. Everything he's done, I've always enjoyed. But uh, Pentiment really surprised me. Uh, it's, I don't, it, it's such a different game without being a very different game. Mm. We we've played games like this before. You know, your typical act, not action, adventure, story heavy game with multiple dialogue choices and. This game, you know, it's no different in that regard. Um, You make your choices, different outcomes play throughout the three different acts. And it was kind of cool because I felt like some of the traits that you picked really influenced your choices. And at the beginning of the game, I was like, oh, I think I I usually like playing as like the jokester who's kind of crude. But this time I was like, you know what, I want to be maybe more on that historical side. Like you could actually picture me being an artist. So I was like very literate. I I knew different languages and it made the game 
I don't say easier because I mean, you can really take it any way you wanted to. There's really no like difficulty check in this game. It more so comes down to, did I talk to the right person to pass the skill check? Um, Because the skill checks in the game are basically, did I have these conversations with this person and did they like my answers? But it was a game that I kept wanting to find out, you know, who was doing the murders. And I'm not going to spoil anything because, I mean, I was surprised by it. I, I was like, oh, it it kind of like there was times I'll admit in the game that were I kind of lost interest like it was slowing down and when it was slowing down it was going pretty quickly but I saw through it it wasn't that long uh and I'm glad I did because it was just a cool little story and knowing that they did like historical research on it and actually tried to capture the feeling of lower Germany during that time period was really fascinating as someone who grew up reading every castle and medieval Renaissance kind of books that I could understand as a kid. It made me so happy to play this because this was like something I've always wanted to see. Like it's, it's done really well. You know, you're a painter, for like manuscripts uh, and you work, you're traveling to the city is like for the, uh, for an Abbey and basically someone gets murdered and you get roped into it because you're just a nosy person. And it, it surprised me at times and other times it was exactly what I thought it would be. But something that you'll notice with a lot of games that I'm picking for like my favorite games of the year. There are all these kind of adventure games. It's weird. I think this is the year that I've played the most of these kind of games, Mm. but something about this one, it just, it was nice. It was very relaxing, sometimes too relaxing. I would play them usually before I went to work. So early morning and I would sometimes almost doze off, not because it was boring, but because the sound in the game sounds really good. You got your, you know, there's not really that much music unless there's something going on, but you have the sounds of sheep in the fields. You have the the sound of the birds, and it's just very ambient, and it it makes you really feel like you're in some small little hamlet, and I really like it. I I would love to play through it again as a flirt and violent person who just doesn't care because it knowing the choices now I'm like oh that'd be really funny to be like that but you know there's so many games to play you know but I, I'm looking forward to going back sometime and trying different dialogue choices because it's it's a really good game and I mean if, if any of you out there have game pass like it is on there and if you like adventure games like that where it's kind of point and clicky I'd highly recommend it it's not that long of a game either. I think it's, I think I clocked almost 10 hours, but uh, not too bad. it was good. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it's it's definitely a game that the more I hear you talk about it, the more I want to check it out. And it's one that I never really, I, I didn't hear much about it beforehand. And I, 
don't know, like I don't typically gravitate towards that style of game, but it, yeah, you're making me really want to check this one out and just kind of play through it and explore that world. Yeah, it's it's good. Even if you're not in those kind of games, they they don't make it boring. You don't have to merge items for like puzzles, which is nice too. That's always a good touch because that seems to be a very common trope in a lot of games. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next game that we're going to be talking about is one that we both really enjoyed. We both played through quite a bit of it. And we'll finish it. Uh, but that's going to be Cult of the Lamb. I know that we talked about it in our cult episode once video games, but it's, it's just such a good game, man. The art style was so fantastic. The just the gameplay of it. And I loved the customization aspect and the the city building. Uh, and I don't know the we yeah, we've we've definitely have talked about it a whole lot. So this might feel a little bit repetitive, but the the whole it's so balanced. And I think that's what is amazing about this title. Now, I will say I did, you know, run into a, a couple game breaking bugs where I had to do a hard restart of the game. But that could just be the fact that I was playing it on the switch, you know, and the, they probably didn't really pay much attention to that focus more on the PC versions, things like that. But the the sheer, I don't know, I fell in love with the city building. I felt like I focused so much attention into that. Now, yeah, because it is crucial for the development and the expanding of skills and things like that. But I, I feel like I went really heavy into that where if I might have been at the second dungeon at the time still, and I had like maxed out my rituals and everything that I could because I just wanted to live in that world and just expand on it as much as possible. And of course, speaking about cats, once again, I made an entire cat cult. <laughs> Every single character, no matter what they were when they came in, as soon as they were recruited to the cult, they were picked as a cat. And I did different colors every time. So I get a little bit of variety, right? <laughs> but it's just super adorable, super I, like I, everything about this title. I just absolutely loved. And then we get to the combat, right? Like the city building aspect was so clean and concise and then the combat itself was just so good. It was so fun. Like it really did remind me of when we were playing Hades. Like it, it felt good as far as that combat mm -hmm. went. And it's really surprising because typically whenever you have a game that's very genre bending or genre mashing like this, it's either one or the other. Both sides of the coin don't usually work very well, but they found a way to make these things balance. And they made it where even when you were city building, it didn't feel like you were slowing down too much. It felt like a well-deserved break after going through the dungeons and doing all that. So that was, I don't know, it was just pretty amazing. And I think it was the fact that you can interact with each one of your followers personally. Like you can go and give them gifts. You can go and dance with them. You can, you know, make them pay you money or find ways to level them up. There's always something to do. So you always felt like you were running around in the city. So it felt like you had that same level of action, whether you were in the dungeons fighting or at the base, actually, you know, building things up and building your cult up to what it is. And it's just, oh gosh, so good. And the animations like that, I love that art style. The everything was just so like creepy cute that it worked. 
And it, it never felt like it was trying too hard to really lean into that, where it was just kind of getting a little cringy. Because sometimes games tend to do that, I feel, uh, whenever it comes to that kind of art style, where they're trying to bend it a little bit and go towards the horror side. But even whenever you're doing rituals where you're sacrificing people, it still had like that kind of level of cuteness to it that felt balanced. So I really feel like this game was all about balance. So it was it was great. I really liked this game a lot. Um, I remember from the moment I saw the trailer, I was like, this this looks cool. And then I saw like how much you could build with your little camp. And I'm like, okay, I need this. Like, weirdly enough, that's what sold me on it because I'm a sucker for base building. And also, I didn't realize this. Uh, it was made by Massive Monster who did the Guacamelee games. Oh, okay. And I really loved the first game. And I, I'm like, it's such a stark difference from those games. And yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this game a lot. Uh, it, it never felt too difficult for being what it was. And I felt like, like you said, it, it felt like a nice break from the combat, but it almost felt like a whole nother game when you're in your base management, especially in the beginning when you're really trying to juggle, it really feels like two different games. And I, I really like that a lot. And I also encountered some bugs in it, which kind of bothered me because I couldn't get resources for a while until they patched oh, it. That's like certain ones, but you know, I was able to make do and I still beat the game. And I, I really recommend it. It's, this year has been a very strong year for indie titles, and I feel like with Colt that I want more games like this in the sense that, you know, you have a base where things can help you in your runs, but also do more than that. And I love that you can name your character, like your little Colties, mm -hmm. like anything like I had you down as one of them and your character lived so freakishly <laughs> long. Whereas like some other people I had going like had died already like twice. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know. It was just cool. It, I love the amount of customization like that really surprised me. And just, it was for the price of the game. Cause I think it's $20. I right? believe so. I like forget. that game is well worth that money yeah even though like if you just tried to zoom through the combat like it won't be super long but if you do if you focus on the base and the combat like you definitely get your money's worth like it's i that's definitely one of my highly recommended games of the year i really really enjoyed it a lot oh gosh i want more i want dlc i want more content i want Cthulhu, I want new worlds. I want, yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah. Oh, I just realized it wasn't Guacamole. That they did Adventure Pals. Oh, uh, okay. Which that game was actually kind of fun too, now that I think about it. And I can kind of see that style. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Because they have those like goofy eyes. Yeah, hmm. they all had that like really cute kawaii eyes. 
which made it even harder to sacrifice yeah. everything. <laughs> I know. They made him look so sad when you did <laughs> oh, it, too. Oh so sad. Um, fun. All right. So I am a sucker for card games, as everybody knows. And uh, yeah, this is going to be kind of a controversial pick. I, I, I get it. I get it. But it's a very popular game. And the way I came about this game is even worse. It was an Instagram ad. And I was like, oh, cool, card game. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I have to put this in here just because, I mean, like mobile games are really evolving. They're, they're definitely getting better with each iteration, each new game that's coming out. And they are definitely expanding that market because, I mean, in America, the mobile games market is growing. But in places like Asia, it's huge. It's like the, the king of the crop there, right? So I got to talk about Marvel Snap. Now, oh, snap. when I first saw this game, I was like, okay, this is going to be crap, but I'm going to download it anyway because it's a card game and I just like trying out new card games to see what they do with them. And I was actually very surprised with how balanced it is. That is one of the hardest things to do in a card game to make things balanced. And with how many characters it has, it has every single Marvel character, side character, weird little mention character right like it has everything huh. in there the roster is massive like extremely massive and each card has a different art variant too which i think is really cool so you can get like classic spider-man you can get new one right you can get pixel art style ones like i i really did like that aspect of this game a lot and i still play marvel snap uh, way too much probably but it's definitely my go-to like i got five minutes to kill i'll do a match real fast but that's another thing, too, that I really enjoyed about this title was how fast the rounds are. So the the gameplay mechanics of it, I, I thought were going to be extremely simple. And they are simple to get, but you can get very complex with the decks. Like right now, I have a movement deck that's all based on characters moving from place to place or from area to area. Uh, and they get stronger or different effects happen based on that. But it's really cool that you can actually create synergy between that. And it's all characters that are mixing from different uh, like OCs, right? So like I have Spider-Man and like X-Men and just like actual like Vision is one of my big characters in there, right? Like so it is really cool to see the the actual effects of the cards and how well they synergize with one another because at no point do you feel like, at least so far when I'm playing, I never feel like, oh, I'm getting crushed by this same meta over and over and over again, like you would with the games like Hearthstone or Magic or other titles like that, right? Where they feel like they constantly have to put cards on the ban list or patch things out or make things weaker or stronger. I haven't seen any notes on patches, like, because usually with that, they'll send a mass email out or message and say like, hey, we changed this card because of XYZ, right? But this, I haven't seen that yet. I'm sure it might have happened, right? Especially like when they first started the game. But yeah, the just based on the balance and how many cards there are from the get-go, I am amazed. And I can tell that they're going to keep updating this and keep adding more. And if they're able to keep that balance going throughout, then they really do have like a big hit on their hands in the card game community. Like it's pretty, it's kind of mind blowing how simple 
quick, easy, good for beginners, good for advanced card players, good for everybody. This game actually is. Uh, it's 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 fun. It, it's 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 kind of like a, a guilty pleasure <laughs> kind of game, honestly. Like <laughs> everyone's like one of the guys at work. He saw me playing. He's like, "Hey man, you play Snap?" <laughs> it's like I. Yeah, and he's like, I, I play it too. <laughs> like, like, kind of like hiding the fact of it. The one thing I wish that they had is that you can like befriend people and actually play against one another. That would be cool. Uh, but I get why they don't, so that you don't just you know keep losing on purpose, so that they can get the better increases on cards and stuff like that. But you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's still fun. Everyone I know that has played this, which are a couple really really like this game and i like i honestly i i think i've seen an image once before and then i'm just looking at it right now and i'm like yeah that's a card game but it 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 looks nice like it i don't know why but the board reminds me of like that Yu-Gi-Oh game oh that's yeah been people have been playing recently but uh it's kind of cool i, I like uh, the randomness of the boards that's the really nice thing like there's three stages, but every match you play, it's different and you don't know what the huh. stages or the, the areas are. They get revealed one turn at a time during the first three turns and the game's only six turns. So it's just real fast, easy play. So it's oh, wow. actually really cool because you just don't really know. It adds that little element of randomness so that people don't just have the same meta deck all over and over again. So it does kind of give the huh. nice that that's where the balance is. I, like I'm really, really surprised about this game. And I, I, I want to find I should have looked up the actual game designers and seen what games other games they're attached to, because that like this is some high level balance that they've put into this title. And it's from the get go, like they've really did their homework and I'm very blown away. Yeah, I looked at the developer, but this is the only game they've done. Wow. But yeah, I'm I'm surprised if there's that little turns and it's done. Like that's that's interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was your typical like Hearthstone where it's mm -hmm. like you have a ton of turns before the it's game's six over. Six turns, and the goal huh. is to have more points on your side on each area. You need to win at least two out of the three, and that's it. Nice, simple, mm. easy. Definitely recommend checking it out. Just download Damn. it. You'll get hooked. <laughs> oh, no. Speaking of uh, hooked and addictive, um, adding another game to my list. Um, can't believe I forgot it off my written <laughs> list. But it's a game that I've been playing since it came out. And I picked it up in bite sizes. But recently, I've been playing it a lot more, especially when I get stuck with the baby. Uh, something I can play on my TV real quick, very fast and easy, but uh, Vampire oh, Survivors. Yeah, I know um, it's interesting because it's a game that you wouldn't expect people to really praise, but I mean, it's got so many people praising it, and I wasn't expecting it to see it on so many people's Game of the Year list because I feel like most people kind of save that for bigger games, but... For it's me, I think simple, that, but like, but really good. It is, and it's interesting because it's just there's so much that just keeps coming at you, and 
like with the newest DLC and stuff. Uh, I played it and I beat this one stage and it did something totally different. I was like, whoa, this is so cool. Like it's so different. I'm like, damn, like I just love this game. Like it's, it's simple, but at the same time, like it's just the perfect game to shut off your mind or just watch TV, play that, you know, you only need your thumb yeah. really. So, well, if you're playing on your phone, but if you're playing on a computer, you know, it's just one hand gaming. And, um, it's crazy. I, I like these kind of games before it came to the phone. I was playing this other game that was, you know, the same style. There's so many copycats now of this, but they're all played with microtransactions. But just recently from the game awards, it got launched on mobile. It's Mm -hmm. free on mobile, which is kind of cool. And, I mean, I recommend this game very highly for anybody out there that just wants something to pick up, play for a little bit, and then sit down. Because you don't need to really learn anything unless you want to, like, know weapon combinations, which really do help and really, like, create, like, a fireworks show on your screen. But it's just, you know, it's simple. Dodge enemies, shoot. You know, I, I love it. And I, I've tried some of these like clone ones of it. Like I think it's 12 minutes mm-hmm. to midnight. Yeah. 20 minutes. That one, that one's cool. It's more of an anime kind of style pixel look. It's pretty game and it's just different enough where it's not redundant. And then I know Brotato is more of like a twin stick shooter of the same style, which is kind of just different enough as well to make it interesting. But uh, I'm really liking these kind of games. Uh, it's just, it surprised me because when I first learned about this game, I was like, this seems like it might be kind of boring, but it was only $3. So I'm like, you know, $3, that's not a bad deal. And I ended up really liking it to the point where it's definitely up there for my favorite games of the year. And it's, yeah, I, I love recommending it to people and seeing them play it and them getting hooked on it. And it's just, it's a fun game. Yeah, I'm very late to this game. <laughs> I just picked it up on mobile and just started playing it recently. And I get it. I totally get it. It's so simple. It's so easy. It's another one of those games that you can just pick up and play whenever you want. And I think we really need more games like this. This is a great game that can get complicated, can get complex if you want it to. But if you want to just keep it simple, keep it fun, right? Like, like it's perfect for intro gamers advanced gamers like i think that's something that's missing a lot from the gaming community is thinking about every style Mm -hmm. of gamer and how can you ramp it up if you want to right and i feel like the same thing that happened with marvel snap right like it's these two games feel that way to me at least so it's yeah i'm i'm enjoying my time with it and i can totally get why you can get sucked into this and on the phone it's perfect it's magical. It's literally a one-handed game. You can just go around in circles. <laughs> and just let you know, let your <laughs> auto-fire weapons just do their thing and mow down just endless mobs of enemies. It's it's really fun. I didn't think about that with what you said about how like it's something like all levels of gamers can enjoy. Like it looking at it, it does feel like an arcade game. 
you know, like something you would play at an arcade where anybody from any skill set would come play it. And that is kind of the nice thing because someone who has barely any knowledge on games, like, I could see them having fun with it, you know, but for people that really want a lot out of it, there's a lot to offer, which it is true. It, it's very rare to find games like that of all different size budgets. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, I'm going to bring another game to this list that I'm probably going to get yelled at for, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about Pokemon Arceus. Yeah. Oh, so it, there's a reason. Yeah, there's Forgot a reason why this game made it to my list this year. Right? I, I know Pokemon always ends up in like top list for so many people because it's Pokemon and it's been king for so many years. But lately, especially with you know Violet, and it's kind of. There's a lot of hate towards it or a lot of backlash towards the game of Pokemon. And Arceus was more of a, you know, quote unquote, like tech demo for the new way of how Pokemon can be. I feel like Sword and Shield started the conversation. Arceus was a little bit more proof of concept. And then Scarlet and Violet went, tried to really push it a little further, but had some trouble graphically, mostly. <laughs> but it, yeah. Now, the reason why Arceus is on my list as far as top games instead of Scarlet Violet is not just because of the tech issues with Scarlet and Violet, because that game's still fun. Like, there's still a lot that you can do with it that is really interesting. But I feel like Arceus was the first Pokemon in a long time that I actually felt like I had to complete. It's the first time that I had something so new, so fresh, but still felt so like close to home that I wanted to continue playing and I, I went through and I beat it very quickly, but I, I did enjoy the new styles of uh, fighting, like at least the new end boss, right? Like it, it was, it felt different. It felt new. It felt fresh. And I felt like I actually needed to play this game. Like I wanted to, whereas other games like Sword and Shield, for instance, almost became like a chore after a while. And that more classic style of playing Pokemon is starting to feel very redundant and very much like, okay, like it's, it's becoming a turn my brain off and just do it because it's Pokemon kind of game where Arceus really felt like I was just playing a new game. It just felt really fresh and fun and new. And I, I liked the new style of the Pokeballs, right? Like the wooden area, like, I don't know. It, the setting was fun. Like, of course, the character development isn't anything to really, like, go ham over. But it was just an interesting experience to have with a Pokemon game. Like, I don't think I've ever played a Pokemon game and said, wow, that was new. Wow, that was cool. Oh, I can't wait to see what happens next because I already know what's going to happen next. It hasn't been since Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow that I've actually been that sucked into a Pokemon game and wanted to keep playing it. Like, I've bought almost every Pokemon game, and after, like, maybe halfway through, I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm good. I, and, and But this one, I, I felt like I needed to actually finish this game. Like I said earlier, I forgot this game came out this year. It feels so long ago. I mean, yeah, it came out in January, it's... so it makes sense for me to forget it. But I really like this game. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't beat it. I'm in. I think I made it to the last region, 
and I, I think it surprised me for that kind of same reason you were talking about that it was just so different. And I feel like I'm like a lot of people, we miss that old Pokemon feeling, right? But something I thought about is that most Pokemon games before this were always the same, right? Granted, you know, Sun and Moon, Scarlet and Violet, all of that. It's the newer formula, but at the end of the day, it's still the mm-hmm. same old Pokemon. And I can go back and play Red and Blue and be happy, but at the same time, it's never like that t- time that I played it originally as a kid. So for me, Pokemon kind of died off. I tried Sword and Shield, and I think I got halfway through it, and I just, it wasn't for me. I don't know if it was the combat or what. Maybe it was the lack of difficulty for me that just weaned me off of it. Not that Pokemon's ever been really challenging, but something about this game being different really sold me on it. And I, when it came out, I couldn't put put it down. I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was so different. I loved the way you could capture them. It felt like a real Pokemon game, right? Like instead of just a flashing thing telling us, oh, we're a random battle. It's like, oh no, here they are in the field. You could throw a ball at them or you can weaken them. You can fight them. You can give them items. Like it felt like you were actually being a trainer catching a Pokemon. And I love that. And yeah, it did feel like a tech demo. Like the world did feel pretty empty aside from the Pokemon walking around. And the town was so damn bland. But at the end of the day, those are just little hubs. The main goal behind this game is the new way of capturing Pokemon and dealing with that. And I loved it. I... I, I know, I think they said they were going to work on a sequel or another game in that style. And I'm definitely interested in that. You know, if they would have merged more of that with Scarlet and Violet, I might have been more interested in it. But seeing everything about it, I just, it, I don't know. I, I really like offshoot yeah. Pokemon games nowadays. And it, you know, I think the only offshoot Pokemon I haven't tried yet that I know people do like are the Mystery Dungeon ones. But, um, yeah, I, I'm i interested in seeing where Pokemon goes from here, especially seeing as how people really praised this game and didn't with the last two. I'm curious if they're going to start focusing more on maybe this style but try to merge it with the old style which would be fascinating i think that would truly be the 3d pokemon that everyone really really wanted touch i think it's time for them to evolve uh, because the i mean no pun intended right but (laughs) the but the big deal like the (laughs) the major difference here is that like the classic formula they're not just rinsing and repeating they're making it easier and easier which makes it more and more boring, honestly, right? Like with the new Scarlet and Violet, they were boasting about this new mechanic where it has auto battle features. 
So you can just run next to a Pokemon. Your Pokemon will hop out of its ball and go and kill it real quick and gain experience. You don't even have to go through the fights anymore. So like, I feel like they're really, I, I don't know what they're doing with the, the original formulas. I feel like they're kind of taking away that magic that you had there. But with like Arceus, the, the movement felt good. The fact that you can kind of hide and sneak around and study. Like I really felt like I was actually studying and surveying Pokemon for the first time and building that first Pokedex because you can hang out in the grass and like kind of, you know, watch the animals in their natural habitat. Like I, I want to see like a natural geographic spoof of Pokemon Arceus, right? And have like the really crappy voiceover and everything because it's what it felt like and it felt really good to traverse the world that way. So I'm excited to see if they they continue with that formula because that formula makes sense to me. The The classic formula it works, but they, I feel like they're killing it with the ease that they're trying to, you know, cater to maybe too young. Maybe not, but it, I think that they're downplaying the skill level of the young audience with their newer games. I think that's the big issue. Mm-hmm. There. They don't think that the kids now can handle something a little bit more difficult because I remember Pokemon Red and Blue were kind of difficult, right? Like it was it was a little challenging at certain points. Mm-hmm. So it. And, but we made it through it and we enjoyed that experience. So I feel like they really need to go back to their roots for that. But then also maybe add in some of the twists that they have in Arceus because that did so well. But we'll see what happens. So a game that I didn't think would interest me as I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, what is this? But, uh, Sam Barlow's immortality. And you know, say what you will about FMV games. They they're hit or miss usually. His games are usually, in my opinion, some of the finest we've seen. At least recently. I, I'm trying to think, I'm like, there's never really been any other FMV games that have really garnered good attention. I know there's definitely a lot out there that aren't negative but they aren't like high class either like there's there's a bunch out there surprisingly um but we don't see someone trying to evolve the genre like he does and i've surprisingly played quite a few fmb games in my time uh, especially modern ones you know i've given um Late Shift a try. I've given um, Super Seducer a try just because I was like, this game is dumb, but I just want to see what it's like. And I mean, it was bad, but I FMV games are kind of like that funny, you, you need to see it, right? And when I played uh, Barlow's first game, Her Story, at first I was like, eh, I don't know if this is really for me, but like, all these reviewers were like praising it saying like, Oh, this is, this is a great game. It's like one of the best FMB games. I was like, Oh, I'll give it a try. And it was a really cool concept. You know, I mean, it's just a woman sitting in a room being interrogated. And I know it sounds boring, but there were some twists in there that I was like, Oh, and I mean, you don't, you don't notice it, right? And then his second game, Telling Lies, I haven't touched. And I feel like 
I didn't really hear much about it. So when Immortality came out, it had a really flashy trailer. You know, it looked very cinematic. I was very confused by it. I think what sold me on it was the poster reminded me of Fire Walk With Me. And I was like, ooh, I wonder if it's anything like, you know, Twin Peaky kind of weird. And mm-hmm. so I waited, waited. And I actually just played this recently. And it surprised me. I was not expecting what I what I witnessed. And I will say probably out of all FMB games, this was the one that maybe shocked me the most in a good way. Uh, really mm. wasn't expecting what happened. Uh, I won't get into spoiling it just because normally I'd be like, oh, I'll tell you in the check later. But this, this is a game either you need to experience or you need to watch one of the few people that do like an hour long video essay on it. Cause it's a very interesting deep dive. And this game goes places that you wouldn't really, you don't expect at all. Uh, basically there are, you're following, you're trying to find out what happened to this actress, uh, Marissa, Marissa Marcel. And she's through three movies, one from the seventies, eighties and nineties. And, the first one's kind of this like you're like in a church and it's like not erotic, but there's like erotic tones to it, you know, kind of like typical seventies movie, like trying to push the boundaries. And then the second one's kind of right. like your uh, detective movie. And the third one is kind of like an action movie. And you know, all this time, I mean, this game really doesn't tell you a lot in the beginning, right? You barely even know that you're trying to find out what happened to this woman because you start seeing evolution in some of the other characters throughout the different movies. And it really feels like you're working on the movies, right? You can scrub through the movie, you can clip them together, which confused me at first because they they have a tutorial, but it was very confusing. But once I got it down, it was a lot of fun trying to piece scenes together. And it's not like you can watch the full movies in this game, but it's on purpose. It's supposed to be the raw footage. But the cool mm-hmm. thing is, is that while you're watching these, right? So you zoom in on an object or a person's face and... When you click on it, it takes you to another scene. And then you click on another object, takes you to another. So you're seeing different scenes from the three different movies. And you're trying to piece Mm -hmm. it together. Well, something I thought was really cool is that randomly you'll hear music play in one of these clips. Or you'll feel like your controller vibrate. And that means that there's a secret clip in there. And what you do is you rewind the clip. And in the clip, you'll start seeing imagery, uh, a person. And that's kind of where the story goes. Um, I think the only thing I will say that might be like, not spoiler, but it, it makes sense with the name of the game. And you see what it is. And it's, it's a very interesting background to it. 
but I, it was a game where I really wanted to see all the secret clips and it, it took turns. I wasn't expecting. I thought that the acting was really well done and I would honestly say this is probably one of the best FMB games I think I've ever played because it, it felt so Hollywood, like something about this felt like a art house film, you know, something you would see at like Sundance or something that's winning awards because it's so different and it's such an interesting idea. And I know it's a game that's not going to appeal to a lot of people, but for people out there that maybe like FMB, obviously you should play this, but anyone out there that really likes like kind of odd cinema or wants a very interesting story that you wouldn't really expect it to be. I I mean, I recommend this game in that regard and it's on game pass. So, I mean, why not? But right. Right. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by this game and I'm looking forward to whatever game he makes next. Cause I think this is like, his like crown like it it's definitely like a standout game and i'm really surprised it's not on more lists but i also realize it's not for everybody yeah whenever i first saw this game i mean i just every time i think of fmv games i I kind of think of like jokey games and bad acting Mm -hmm. right like just like bad footage and people overacting certain scenarios but the more I look into it, the more I'm fascinated by this title. And it does sound really, really interesting. I feel like this could definitely be a perfect gateway into FMV for people and maybe show everyone out there what an FMV game can be mm-hmm. like. With the fact that it can be something a little bit more than just random college actors that they found and gave him 50 bucks and said, Hey, can you say this line? (laughs) Right? Like that's kind of what some of them have felt like in the past. So I'm, I'm actually very curious about this title and I definitely do want to check it out. It it kind of reminds me of um, that black mirror movie where you can kind of jump around a Mm -hmm. little bit. And I really enjoyed that movie a lot. So like, I feel like I might enjoy this. And I'm actually really curious about that Netflix show that supposedly you can watch in any order and it will still make sense. Like mm. that sounds really cool. And so I, I, I feel like people are starting to become more comfortable with like concepts like that, like kind of a little bit more surreal and jumping around and moving to different scenes and piecing things together on your own. It was something a little bit more obscure. So I feel like this game came at a very interesting time in media itself. So I I definitely will be checking this one out some more. And I think this might be the first FMV game I actually play. So I'm really excited for that. All right. So the last game that we have for today is going to be one that we have done a lot of research on <laughs> and we have talked about it quite a bit but it is just such a fantastic title from the mood the setting the art style the music god the music was so good uh that is citizen sleeper now oh man, I, I just i loved every single second in this game i wanted to know more 
it really brought me back to, you know, the first time I read Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep uh, and just looking through any Philip K. Dick novel. Uh, and then, you know, obviously watching Blade Runner, which is inspired by Philip K. Dick. But it's just such a good, good game. The writing was exceptional. The different endings in it, like the fact that you can just do so many different things was just so, so interesting. And I loved the mechanic of the dice rolls. I loved the fact that that was in there. I mean, I'm a sucker for tabletop gaming. So anything that has dice roll, I'm already kind of like into it. I'm looking at it. I'm intrigued. And the way that they actually put it in here, it never felt like it was hindering in any way. Like you never felt like RNG was out to get you, but it did give it that sense of tension that this title needed. And I mean, after playing games like uh, Disco Elysium, this was just like the next evolution of that. And I, I, yeah, everything about this game was just so interesting. And I think that this title actually has the, or my favorite, my personal favorite, um, uh, what's it called? Like a character avatars mm. or character portraits in a game. I was completely blown away by the art style of this and how you can look at the characters and see and imagine the lives that they've lived. And when you start to hear about their stories, you can see it in their character portrait. You can see those little tiny notes and little hints at the things that they've done in their life or how, what, how they're currently living or how difficult something was. And you can tell the different levels of elitist to the working class, right? Like it, the, it was amazing to see that and just how well they portrayed it and the, the sense of movement that each one of the character portraits have. Because character portraits is a common trope within video games, right? It's especially in JRPGs, but it's usually just like a static image and there's not really much to it. It's just so that you know who's talking. But this one had life behind each one of those characters that I just wanted to know more of. And I feel like that just really helped the immersion of it all. It's an amazing, amazing game. And it's I know it's not for everyone. And that's the sad thing. This might be considered way too slow for most people. But I feel like if you really give it a chance and just, just play it, just enjoy the experience itself, enjoy the world unraveling around you, you're in for a very pleasant surprise. I remember seeing this game pop up on Game Pass when it came out, and it's rare for me to look at a game, see its art style, and be like, yep, installing it and playing it. And mm-hmm. this No questions asked, right? It's just like, yep. Yeah. Like, I saw the character portrait, too, and I was like, yeah, I need this. And uh, it did not disappoint. You know, it's it's such a beautiful game. And I actually, <laughs> trying to beat all these games before, you know, the end of the year, I I really, really want to go back and see the two episodes that came out um, since we last yeah, they played it. DLC. Yeah. Um, I know, I think, I feel like not long after we made that episode, episode one came out, and I guess episode two came out very recently as well. And both adding mm-hmm. like a new character and new story. So I'm very interested in that. Plus it's all free. So, I mean, that's a plus, but 
this game really surprised me. I think out of all the games on my list for this year, aside from what I'm going to get to next week, surprised me the most because I wasn't expecting such a deep story and a deep take on a lot of issues that we face now. And even though this game is cyberpunk setting, you know, way in the future, it's critique on gig economy, critique on, you know, sci-fi late stage capitalism, yeah, critique on the, you know, the difference between different classes, you know, economic classes, basically. And it's, I wasn't expecting all that in this game. You know, I was expecting some of it because of the setting, but the connection you make with some of these other characters in the game, good and bad, you know, there's, there's some characters who are rude in it, but it's like, you feel their pain and the reason why they're acting that way. And it's been, I would say maybe since Disco Elysium where I felt like the characters who were talking felt like that's what a person could actually say or could be. At most time when you play a game, dialogue just sounds like typical game dialogue. But the writing in this game, it I felt like a notch above everything. And mm-hmm. it's definitely, I would say, in my top three of this year. Uh, it's it's a game I tell everybody to play. Um, I think more and more people are hearing about it, which is awesome. I'm noticing more people are bringing it up in conversations, which is cool. And again, it, it deserves it. It's It's so good. I mean, if you look at... Um, jump over the edge the developer's other game in other waters that's a very visually striking game too i loved that game i played it as soon as i finished it as in sleeper i was like i need more from this writer and it did not disappoint either the amount of homework and research that they do for their games is is astronomical Mm -hmm. when it comes to the writing and the character development the the dice rolls too it it felt a lot like disco and it was it worked so well like that i think was maybe the only feature i was really worried about because i'm a person that wants to see everything in the game and if something gets gated off because i fail the dice roll it it doesn't bum me out but i'm just like Oh, I want to see it, you know, like mm-hmm. with disco, it, it made sense because it, it felt more like here's a roll check. Oh, you failed. Go on. Whereas with this game, it felt like it increased your chances. Like you knew if you were going to make it or not. And mm-hmm. I loved it. It it worked so well that it didn't really feel like it gotten away. And I love that for the most part, you could experience most of the endings without having to fully restart the game. Like there was, there's maybe like one or two endings where you have to, at least from a later start mm-hmm. or later, like around the end. And it, they're powerful. It's, it's interesting how powerful these characters can be and the meaning behind your own 
character is it's mind blowing. I I don't get emotional much in games, but this was one of the few that really did get me and it's it deserves all the praise it gets. You know, so many people praise this game and it deserves it. It's it's very surprising. And I mean it's on Game Pass, so I mean it's you know worth picking up there. It's also even though it's kind of a short game, I still think, you know, it it's worth it. You know, it's yeah. it's a great game. It and that story needs to be experienced by more people in this world. Like it's it's good. Real good. All right, well, that's our first half of our top games for 2022. We are going to be continuing this on in another episode. We knew this was going to be a long conversation because there's so many good games to get passionate about, and there's just so many amazing titles. And what I love about this first episode so far is the diversity of the games themselves. They are all over the place, and it just shows how amazing like game development is coming and it just i'm really excited for what else is out there and yeah join us next week as we dive into the second half of our favorite games or our top games from 2022 but until then bye for now